The New Orleans Pelicans are taking on the Phoenix Suns, and it's time for the opponent perspective in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, the crossover that only Locked On can do. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm your co, uh, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media. We got a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans. We've got Brendan Clean, host of Locked On Suns, here to break down the Suns' perspective on this, the one-eight matchup. Brendan, watching the the play-in game the other night, is this the outcome that you wanted? Did you have a preference over the Clippers or the Pels in this one? I'm sick of the sick of the Clippers, so I was uh, I was rooting for this outcome for sure. I mean, the storylines kind of write themselves with this one. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Just the the coach aspect of it, the friendships on different teams, uh, but it, it should be a really fun series. I think I see some some Suns run pre you know the pretext to a run like the Suns have, have been able to put together the past couple of years in this Pelicans team. So I, I'm I'm excited to watch them. You know that I in a past life blogged about this team yep. too, the Pelicans. So, uh, so it's, it's great for me. I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm completely excited. It should be a good series. No, it should be fun. You know, you mentioned, you know, maybe the Pels can use this as a springboard to kind of what the Suns are achieving because the Suns are really freaking good. Like this was maybe an all-time regular season team. Give 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 my listeners a bit of a rundown on what the Suns season looked like in like truly how good this team is, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of us were wondering, right? Because the, the offseason was so short. It's a heartbreaking thing to lose four straight finals games. They decide, hey, in free agency, we're, we're really just going to run it back. We're going to get deeper, but nothing really else is going to change. Campaign resigns. They sign uh, Mikhail Bridges to a new contract. Obviously, Chris Paul comes back. They trade for Landry Shamit. So the roster is way deeper, way more versatile. And that was the big problem last year. So they fixed that. But still, you have Booker playing in the Olympics. You have all this stuff. Can they kind of hit the ground running? Well, they do. They hit They hit the ground sprinting. Uh, they, they win 18 straight games in November and December. At that point, like I'm literally doing shows like what, what does the rest of the regular season mean? Because they had proven <laughs> what else do you need to prove? You're in the finals and then you break your franchise win streak record. Well, what they did to, to double down on that is they went ahead and, and broke the franchise win record for, uh, for regular season. Uh, records overall there 64 wins 62 was the previous record so they went ahead and did two better and this team is uh, it's just a machine I mean it, it, there's no other real way to say it I I feel like their their IQ is really high they they can play in all sorts of different types of ways they can beat you small they can beat you big they can beat you with shooting or they can beat you isolating like I just think this is the most complete team for sure in these playoffs and uh, one of the most complete in franchise history. I mean, this team has the expectation, like if they do not win a title, it will be a disappointment. That's just where we are right now. Yeah. You know, they were really fun to watch this year because they were just so locked in all season long, as you said, right. That 18 game winning streak, they locked up the top seed in like mid March and then continued to still go like scorched earth on everyone. They were not 
holding anything back and seemed like they really wanted to be like an absolute machine going into the postseason. They did. I mean, I think the there was a jazz game the Friday before the end of the regular season where nothing about that game mattered. The Suns didn't even need to play their guys, but they did. And then in the fourth quarter, they come back from double digits. Something that, look, in Utah's case is unfortunately fairly common for them, but that's a different podcast. Yeah, they love doing uh, that. <laughs> they love doing that. But the Suns just like completely put the clamps down defensively, turned defense into offense, got the ball moving. And Mikhail Bridges, of all guys, is like the hero of that game. To me, that encapsulated exactly what this team kind of can do, the the swagger and like the just the punch that they play with and the stakes where they're able to just kind of manufacture a reason to be special out of nowhere. I think all of it has been uh, has been awesome. So I, I think this series should be no different. They're not going to underestimate the Pelicans. They are not going to say, oh, it's just the first round, whatever, who cares? They're, they're going to take this seriously and they're going to hit the ground again, to use the same metaphor, hit the ground running. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that, right? Because they're, they're definitely going to take this matchup very seriously. And I wonder how much of that is because of the friendship Monty Williams and Willie Green have, right? He just went and did an interview the other day, Monty did, talking about how Willie Green's his pick for coach of the year. So there's a lot of respect, I think, on the Sun side for this Pelicans team, even if they're the clear favorites in this one. And Chris Paul, you know, there's a lot of storylines, a lot of ties to it, right? Willie played with Chris Paul. He, he There's that photo of them on the bench in Hornets uniforms that's kind of floating around right now from the last time uh, Chris Paul made the postseason in New Orleans. And it, it's funny to kind of see all of those ties here. And it's almost like a family affair of sorts in a way. It is. It is. Um, and as close as you were just saying that Monty and Willie became over their two years together, and, and they did. Um, I think Chris and Willie are even closer. Like Chris will call Willie mm-hmm. like one of his best friends in the world. Um and so, and they, they, they continue to be close. I, I, I always forget if they play together again in the, on the Clippers or not. Um, but those two guys are, are, you know, peas in a pod. And Chris, it, what's funny is like the first time that these teams played this year, all the way back during that streak, I think it was Chris joked post game. He's like, you don't know how many times I told Willie green that if I ever was game planning against myself, I would just blitz me every single time. And that's exactly what Willie <laughs> did. Like they, they know each other and they know their tendencies. Like these teams will be ready for one another because they are so similar. And then you also, I mean, I don't know how much this necessarily will play in, but something I'm interested in is just Booker and Ingram. Those, those guys are close. Uh, they've, they've spent off seasons together. They, they, they know each other well, and they're both kind of in that same generation of player who are, are coming up and kind of, you know, being the faces of playoff teams at the same time. So that's really cool too. I love kind of those young stars who get to, who get to, you know, duel a little bit. The Suns didn't really have a series like that last year. So I I think that part of it will be fun too. Yeah, no, I I love that. Right. And there's going to be a lot of key matchups with kind of those individual battles and things. And I think that's going to be really, really fun. Let's get into that. Talk uh, talk some of the key matchups in this one coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by prize picks. All right, NBA fans, you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, then you need to try the award winning app prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you will, too. Super simple to use. Two to 
with five players and you pick an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. It's not someone with a wall of screens, machine learning algorithms trying to find the right place. You see the numbers above it or below it. It's really that easy and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Plus it's safe and they offer fast withdrawals and they offer any prop you can think of. Point scored, rebounds, steals. If you're going with Herb Jones right there, you can get them all. And they don't just offer NBA. They've got the MLB. They've got soccer, MMA, and much more. So for a limited time, Prize Picks is an exclusive, a no-brainer of an offer for all Locked On Pelicans listeners. You're going to get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point, but you've got to use the promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available for Locked On Pelicans fans. Sign up today. Use promo code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point all right thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available five days a week no paywall anything like that just pelicans talking it's a lot of fun right now we're breaking down their first round matchup against the phoenix suns with brendan clean host of locked on suns so you just kind of alluded to it right like there's there's a lot of really interesting individual matchups for from your perspective, who's the bigger threat in your opinion? Is it Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum? And what do you think the Suns are going to be looking to do to try and combat both those guys? It's a fascinating question, I think, because the Suns have more bodies and like-sized players to throw at Ingram. Like they have Kale Bridges, obviously, but you also throw in Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Torrey Craig. We talked about this team being deeper and more versatile. They've made it an emphasis to have a lot of wing depth this year. So you'd think, okay, well, they have options like, okay, Ingram's taken care of. But obviously your listeners, my listeners, everybody will know that's not so easy. So I, I tend to still say Ingram just because I think he's the least easy to guard. I mean, you watch what he was doing against the Clippers, not only handling the blitzes and double teams that they were throwing and moving the ball when he needed to, but also just making killer shot after killer shot. I think he's the guy that just in general in a playoff situation, you're going to have to be more worried about it and, and devote more resources to. That said, McCollum, you know, I think Bridges will, will guard him to, to close games would be my guess. And that, that in and of itself shows how much respect that, the, that this team will have to pay to CJ. I mean, he's been, he's been unreal. He, had his way with the Suns the last time uh, that these two teams played, although there were some injuries in that matchup, but he scored 32 and and was efficient doing it. So I think, you know, they will put Bridges, their best defender, on McCollum, but I do think Ingram, like, late in games, like, he, he's going to be the guy that, I, I, you know, Suns fans who listen to my show are going to be probably the most scared of. Yeah, you know, I figured they'd put Bridges on Ingram. It also feels like maybe it would throw the rest of the that Suns lineup a little bit out of whack if you're going to put Bridges, say, on CJ. And then Crowder, you know, has the right kind of size and length, but I don't know, you know, a little bit older. I wonder somewhat there about him guarding a guy like Brandon Ingram all game and letting Brandon get to those, like, mid-range shots, which is what he wants. Um, but on the flip side of it, it's going to be interesting with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and the Pelicans have Herb Jones, who's been an amazing defender this year i'm assuming that he's going to be guarding devin booker who plays a lot like ingram at times right loves that mid-range can kind of do it from anywhere do you think that there's a way that the pelicans can slow him down or is herb gonna have just a really tough job obviously guarding devin booker who's like one of the elite scorers that's it, like the dumbest thing i've said on the show in a while right is it gonna be hard yeah, guarding I mean devin, devin booker but you get what i mean <laughs> I get what you mean completely, and I actually think it's a it's a super valid question. It's not dumb at all because I think in the past, 
prior to really this season, Herb would have been exactly the type of guy I think that you would have built in a lab to to guard book. Like we, you know, in the Valley have seen the most, the defender, the, the kind of archetype, right? That, that Booker struggles the most with is the big, strong, but not too tall wing. And so like it's, it's Herb Jones, right? But you know, so like Dylan Brooks in the past was a guy who gave him a lot of trouble. Uh, Lou Dort is a guy that has given Booker a lot of trouble. Very similar players. Um, but this year, I just think he has he has risen to a level where he's so much more able to take what the defense is giving him and get to his spots and, and just kind of have like a certain level of control over the game that he didn't have in the past that just comes with age and experience and comes with failing in, in the finals the way that he did, I'm sure. Like that... That all has kind of, I think, morphed into like he's a player that I don't think one person can really stop, which that's a big thing to say. I mean, that's a huge step for a star player to take. And I just think that's where Booker is right now. And, you know, Suns fans are, are dunking on on some highlights and whatever. I don't think Herb is, is just going to be completely useless or overmatched by any means. I have a lot of respect for no, him. No, of course not. He is a rookie. He is a rookie, though. And so I think Booker is going to get his at the end of the day. Yeah. And look, it's you're he's so good you're not going to stop him right like you're not going to have a game where he scores five points and that's that and the Pelicans go and win that just doesn't happen for a lot of those type of players it's about limiting some of the other damage that they can kind of create with their scoring and passing and all of that and Chris Paul's a really good example of that right this is a guy in the Suns are excellent just in late game situations they've been awesome in the clutch this year and a big part of that is I think is Chris Paul just kind of setting everyone else up and making them get those wide open shots you know he's the point god for a reason we saw it for a number of years here in New Orleans he's continued that high level of play you know with both of those guys it's just a really tough backcourt to try and contain it is. I mean, and that's why that's that's what makes them so special is I was just saying there, like you want to devote multiple guys or really scheme defensively for stopping Booker. So, you know, putting an extra body between him and the basket when he comes off of a screen or uh, double teaming him when he's trying to isolate or blitzing him off of a pick and roll, all these things that teams have always done that, that the Pelicans themselves did in the prior matchups that these teams had together. But okay, well, do that. And then, of course, you have Chris Paul, right? The great teams have multiple options, and, and this one does. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, yes, Paul will be the guy to initiate late in these games. He's going to be the one handling everything, setting guys up. They've gotten a little bit better balance this season for sure, so I think there will be a little bit of both. But uh, Chris, is, Chris is going to be able to you know, manipulate that at a really high level, and it, it's what makes this sun seem so hard to guard. Yeah, and with the Pelicans being not great defensively in the backcourt for the most part, outside of Herb Jones, that is a huge concern for me here. You know, they've barely been able to play Devontae Graham throughout the two play-in games just because he gives you nothing on that side of the ball. Like CJ, bless his heart, you know, he's undersized. He's not an amazing defender either. He can go out and score. That's that's what he was brought in to do. But they're left with some kind of limited options. You have Jose Alvarado that can be a pest and is really fun, but is he going to rattle a guy like Chris Paul? Is he really going to be able to kind of do the things that make him so effective? Probably do a little bit, but I don't know if it's going to be quite the same as when you you're going up against the Spurs or even a guy like Reggie Jackson with the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, 
again, that backcourt is so elite for Phoenix that it could, it's, it could, it will create a lot of problems for New Orleans. So coming up next, I want to talk to you about the big men situation and DeAndre Ayton, because I think that's a really interesting bat as well. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. I work on my cars. I have three that I am constantly working on, including one that is almost 50 years old. I only go to rockauto.com to order my parts because they are by far the cheapest. Yeah, I could walk down the street and go to a chain parts store, but they're not going to have what's really going to fit. They're going to charge me more for it because I'm a captive audience in there and they just need to move whatever's in their inventory. If I want the part that is going to fit my car properly and be exactly what I want at a good price, I go to rockauto.com so you can save time and money when using rockauto.com because they are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. Anything you could need. Brand new radiator, a new radiator core support, an air conditioning condenser. I've ordered all of those things, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, whatever it is you might need, including new carpet to refresh your ride. You can get it at rockauto.com on their super easy to use web. You click your make, your model, the year. They're going to show you all the parts available for your car or truck at their great prices. So go right now to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week. Subscribe, tell a friend about the show, leave a five-star review. We're talking to Brendan Clean, host of Locked On Suns, about the Pelicans' upcoming first-round matchup, 1-8 versus Phoenix. So we went over kind of the big names in Devin Booker and Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. I think the big man battle is going to be pretty interesting. I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Ayton. He fits that team so perfectly. And he's the type of big that gives Valanchunas, Jonas Valanchunas, a whole lot of trouble where do you see him fitting into this series between the two teams i think that's the most interesting part of this whole thing is what the lineups even look like i mean that's like the most simple way to put it because i I think that was kind of the big the big breakthrough in the the second play in game against the clippers right it was it was nance being (laughs) yes to to be big and small at the same time right you need guys who who can play that way and I, I mean, I, you would know better than me, but I would, I would expect that, that he will continue to play a major role for this team. I think Jonas will also play. Um, I just think in that starting lineup, if it stays the same, you, you really run the risk of, of Hayes being exposed, having to guard in space. And then, mm-hmm. you know, what, what can they do to Jonas? Because if you give Chris Paul space off of a screen and you're dropping into the paint to protect the rim the way that Jonas is going to be deployed – Chris Paul is going to take that shot every time. He's going to he's going to coax Jonas out there right when he you know starts to notice that Chris is taking that shot more, and then he's going to start pat. Like we know what what Chris Paul does in those moments. So that's really fascinating to me. And then obviously, Aiton is going to need to be a threat. He's going to need to be somebody that Jonas has to worry about on lobs at the basket. He's going to need to be somebody who can take advantage when it's Larry Nance or it's you know, Jackson Hayes or whoever it might be at center or off of a switch or in transition in a mismatch situation. Aiton turned into a machine with that stuff in last year's postseason. I have no reason to believe he won't uh, be able to do that. But with the weird way that the wor- that the, that the Pelicans construct their lineups and really big, really small, different stuff, I think it's going to be really incumbent on Aiton to, to dominate it and be aware of, of all those things he could be doing and do them. 
Yeah, you hit on it, right? Like, this is really interesting. And what are the lineups going to be? They're going to probably run with Jackson Hayes and Valanciunas to start. But you saw it in that third and fourth quarter against the Clippers. Jax gets exposed in space. And Valanciunas is bad at defending the pick and roll. And the they're going to hunt that matchup if you're the Phoenix Suns. The other problem is you saw Valanciunas struggle against Zubac. So now you have him going against DeAndre Ayton, who is just way way better there and that same big physical center who's capable of playing down low as well as being a lob threat that doesn't bode well and so do you have to take a guy like out of there like jackson hayes out of there and run with guys like larry nance like trey murphy like Najee marshall who kind of defend in space and can at least kind of switch a little bit better but then you just pound the ball down low with Aiton, and so it kind of becomes this, okay, we adjust, then the other team adjusts, then there's another adjustment, and so on and so on, and it's kind of this thing that goes in a circle till it feels like Phoenix is going to have an advantage in that, partially because then if you do play a guy like Valchunas and Jacks off the court, you're giving up a rebounding advantage, which I think New Orleans would, would really like to have in their offensive boards there to get those second-chance opportunities. So Phoenix matches up very well, I think, when it comes to New Orleans and kind of taking away one of those strengths of this Pels team. That's exactly what I was running through in my head, trying to imagine what kind of the the end game of this series might be from like a, an X's and O's kind of chess match standpoint is that is the one thing the Pelicans can do that will give the Suns a little bit of, of discomfort is, is the offensive boards. I mean, they've done that to every team, right? That's the Pelicans, one of their mm-hmm. biggest strengths. The Suns are really not a great rebounding team. They they leave the, the glass open for me, much worse teams than the New Orleans Pelicans and have lost games as a result of that over the past couple of years. So that's a huge strength. But if you don't have the guys who do that on the floor, that actually is somewhere where I think like Alvarado will continue to play a role. I think he's somebody who can be pesky against Chris Paul and, and you know get on the offensive glass, turn the tide of some possessions. I don't know if uh, if anyone necessarily saw this, but Uh, The Pelicans scored like 84.9 points per 100 possessions in the half court last uh, last night on Friday night, which was a zero (laughs) percentile like that. It's just a it's a mismatch for them if this becomes a half court type of series. So I think you you just switch everything right. You just switch everything. You try to muck things up. You try to get those extra possessions if you can. And the Suns aren't going to dump it into DeAndre Ayton like that's not going to be a thing they do. They're going to work it around still. They're going to attack the paint a little bit more if you play small, but this is not going to devolve into post-ups for DeAndre Ayton. So I think you can afford to play small. You just have to be ready for it in those other ways and be prepared like, hey, we're not going to get the offensive rebounds we're used to. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think it takes a big advantage away from New Orleans, but it's probably their best chance, right? That's what you've got to do is kind of an eight seed versus one is just, just muck it up and hope things get a little bit crazy. And... Maybe you have your chance, but it's going to it's going to be a tough series for New Orleans. There's there's no doubt about that. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for Lockdown Pelicans listeners here. And if it's a close game, the the Suns are just brutally good, like best team ever good in the clutch this season. So I'm looking forward to this series. It's going to be a lot of fun. Brendan, thanks for coming on and previewing this for me here. And I know we're going to be doing it over at Locked on Suns. So Pels fans, be sure to check out Locked on Suns too for more in-depth knowledge on this Suns team. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all on Monday to recap the game.